to Connecting the Universe. I'm author and researcher Mike Ricksecker back for another week, another interactive class here from the Connected Universe Portal. It's ConnectedUniversePortal.com. To those listening to the podcast later or the syndicated show on KGRA Radio, which runs midnight on Saturday. Uh, we have a great show coming up for you today, really inspired by last week's show. We're going to be talking about stargates and portals and their relationship in the ancient world, how the ancients incorporated these things into their, uh, their structures and also into their culture. A couple of things here real quick. First off... Uh, monthly Q&A video uh, is going out at the end of this week. So last call for those questions for the monthly Q&A video. And I figured that we would just go ahead and do one more month with the Egypt question since that has been a really the primary focus for this month. Uh, I asked that question for June since I was out in Egypt during June. But since we've been talking about all those things that were explored, uh, all the different knowledge that was learned out in Egypt this month, I'm going to go ahead and ask that for this month as well. So any uh, final pertinent questions that you have about uh, ancient Egypt and really anything, whether it comes to the pyramids, the temples, the hieroglyphs, customs, Book of the Dead, uh, anything like that, mummies, you know, throw it in there on uh, any of the Connected Universe pages. You could message me. Uh, you could post it there in the Connected Universe portal member site in the community area uh, where the uh, where the question is actually posted. But I did make a couple other posts there on the Facebook pages, so you can uh, you can do that as well. All right. So stargates. What is a stargate? That's where we are really going to start this off. Because uh, that was really where we ended off last week. Uh, the question from Maeve, uh, Jennifer's daughter, what is a Stargate? And so we're going to go ahead and just start with the movie reference, kind of the easiest place to really go with this uh, for starters. And that's from the, the movie Stargate. Actually, I think this is from the television show uh, Stargate SG-1, this screen cap here. And for those listening to the podcast later, I know that uh, you're not able to see this. I'll do my best to describe it. We could all, always join us out here for the, uh, the interactive class on Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock p.m. through the Connected Universe portal. So this is really our modern concept of what a Stargate is, this ancient device that's been uh, left over from some sort of alien technology, and we walk through it and find ourselves in some other uh, dimension, on some other world, in some other galaxy, in, in the show and uh, in the movie, they use this concept of like walking through water. Now, what it actually is, you know, if we had a real one here on Earth, would it look like that? Would it be circular like that? Would it have that kind of water effect to it? We we really don't know. And there's Nicole that uh, she loves the Stargate movie. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> we've watched that uh, a couple of times, haven't we? So. I'm going to show here, it, it's, you can't really see it. So this is a picture of uh, Mohammed. We're at the, the Bent Pyramid site. Uh, this may actually be by the Red Pyramid. 
basically Dasher is the area. You can see the fence behind him, which is why I'm showing the photo. And there's another uh, photo that I have here of a smaller pyramid back behind the step pyramid. I forget the name of this one, but look beyond it, you see this fence back there. The reason why I'm showing this is that area back there is an Egyptian uh, military installation and they actually call it Egypt's Area 51. The reason why they call it that, uh, as the story goes, is they actually have, supposedly, a working Stargate back there, that they did actually find one of these things out there in ancient Egypt. And apparently, again, as the story goes, this thing works. Looks a little different than, say, something like this, where you know, it's the big circle and the water effect. Uh, apparently this thing is on the ground and it looks like an aurora borealis coming out of it. Let's show a photo here of the northern lights real quick, what we uh, know to be uh, the aurora borealis. And you have this, basically what the aurora is, is, uh, you know, protons and electrons from the... Uh, basically solar winds coming from the sun. They interact with our ionosphere. We see them mostly in the north and the south poles, by the way, that would be, um, try to remember, I think that's the Aurora Australis uh, down in the south. And those areas of the earth, uh, the magnetic protection there is a little less, so we see them more there. But Again, it's the that interaction of protons and electrons with the, the magnetism of the Earth in the ionosphere to create that aurora borealis effect. So it's interesting to me that if there are working stargates out there, that that's the effect that it would be, not the, not the water, but something that we are already familiar with this with this magnetic interaction. Uh, because if... If these things are real, if we're able to utilize stargates, it would be some sort of magnetism likely that would be the catalyst for getting this thing to, to operate. So, okay, so we're, we're talking, okay, stargates, we're able to traverse from here to what? Another, another galaxy, another planet somewhere? That's the idea. But how does all of that work? Let's, let's kind of um, take a, a little bit of a step back as to uh, how this something like this would work. And we to do this, we have to dive into what's known as the Einstein-Rosen bridge or what we commonly refer to as wormholes. And I posted a uh, an article today uh, as, as kind of a little primer. I've, I've done a couple of little primers here. Uh, the, the last couple of days to kind of prepare people for the uh, for the the show to, well not the show the class tonight. Uh, uh, yesterday I did the uh, the portals in Atlantis. Today I did an article on uh, on on wormholes. And so again, it's known as the Einstein Rosen bridge because it was Albert Einstein, Nathan Rosen that used the theory of general relativity. relativity uh, to propose the existence of these bridges through space-time to be able to connect two different points in space. The idea being uh, 
that if you could bend space in time, like physically, to for us to get from here to another galaxy, another solar system, to try to get to another planet, it, it takes millions of light years. We could not do it in our lifetime. If we sent humans out into deep space to try to get there, they would die before, long before ever making it. You think about the uh, Voyager spacecrafts, uh, like the first Voyager spacecraft is is uh, outside the solar system now, but how long did it take to get there? You know, it took over 40 years to get to that point of being outside the solar system. Now it has to traverse still more and more uh, <laughs> years to try to get anywhere else beyond. So it you couldn't feasibly do it in somebody's lifetime. So you have to figure out some other way to traverse the universe and so to do that if you could bend space and time and the the best idea really is if you take like a little piece of paper and you're trying to get from one side to the other and you fold that and you basically punch a hole to get from one side to the other of course the big question becomes how do you bend space and time to be able to do that and that's the uh, illustration that is shown here is basically folding over space and time and then you're able to traverse from one side to the other so our the, the way we typically uh, visualize this the actually traveling through a wormhole and they show this in in the movie Stargate they show this uh, in the movie contact uh, in a number of uh, different areas of our popular culture, we see this sort of image. And I've used this in uh, different videos that I've done. Uh, so you guys have some uh, uh, questions here already. So like Sarah Yusuf, would these bridges be formed by quantum entanglement? It's not actually... Um, so with quantum entanglement, just real quick here, uh, quantum entanglement is the idea that uh, something that's in this, uh, we'll say, um, in two different parts of the world, something that's happening here uh, is connected to, or we'll just take a particle. The particle here is uh, connected to a particle over there, and there, whatever happens to the one automatically happens to the other because of their entanglement because of their connection so it's not really traveling um that's it's, it's a common i guess kind of a common misperception like the the idea has almost been like well can we you know send a signal you know could we send data and it's like it's, you're not really sending it's already happening at the same point so it's it's a little bit different than what we're talking about traveling uh through a wormhole so this is our our common uh perception of what that would look like this tunnel with all the lights and you see the stars and uh, all of those uh, amazing amazing things uh, looks beautiful the movie interstellar took it another step got a little deeper with it that if if this was to actually exist if you really put something like this together 
you're talking about going back to our Einstein Rosen bridge. You're talking about 3D space, right? And so if you were to bend that in space and time, and you again, you punched a hole through this. And, and Romley in the movie does a, I'll, I'll actually do it here. Romley in the movie actually uh, describes as an interstellar. You punch the hole through there, you end up with a circle. Or, well, let me turn that around. It might look a little bit better like a circle now that I punched the pin through it. So it looks like a circle. What's a circle in 3D space? It's a sphere. So there's your, uh, there's your sphere. So they call that a, a spherical hole. Uh, so a little bit it's it's that concept of a wormhole, but taken to the next level. What would that actually look like in 3D space? So you would enter this sphere and be taken away to the other galaxy, the other solar system, wherever it comes out at, and there would basically be that, that other sphere on the other side that to get back, you'd have to go uh, through that again. So all of that said, now that we're kind of, okay, breaking down, if we have a Stargate, what would the physical function of it be? Would be the Einstein-Rosen bridge, the wormhole. Would it look like a sphere? Is that how we would access it? I'm gonna play a little uh, video here. This is basically what we're talking about. I mean, that's kind of basically on the grand scale if we were to tra traverse the universe. It's a, a Stargate is a much, much larger concept of something that we call a portal, uh, basically a doorway into another place in, you know, whether it's space-time, uh, another dimension. And so I'm going to play a little video clip here from, if you guys watched that uh, Atlantis video, uh, the portals, basically the, the question in the video was, uh, was Atlantis a giant portal? So I'm going to play a clip from that video, kind of explaining real quick uh, the difference between portal, vortex, all of that. So let me cue that up here. Here we go. So let's start with the basics. What is a vortex? So basically a vortex is the swelling of the Earth's energy out of the core up to the surface. It's that electromagnetic power that can interfere with things in the air, on the ground, in the water, all around. This is where we get our different triangle areas like the Alaska Triangle, the television show I was on, or the Bermuda Triangle, the Bridgewater Triangle, and all these different types of areas all over the world. Now, a vortex may not necessarily create an entire triangle area, but they do create these different swellings of electromagnetic activity that can be accessed, utilized, and can affect people and the surroundings in the land. So now, what is a portal? The terms vortex and portal are two terms that generally get interchanged a lot, but really they're two different things. So like I said, the vortex was that swelling of energy from the Earth's core. The portal is basically a doorway into another dimension or some other place in space and time. So what the portal does is actually uses that energy from the vortex to create this portal, this doorway. So the great example that was used on the television show, The Alaska Triangle, was that missing Douglas airplane in 1950. 
Many people speculate that it may have gotten lost into a portal because it's never been found at all. And they actually used an example of Bruce Gernon from the Bermuda Triangle where he actually flew through one of these and did successfully come out on the other side. Uh, somehow he was able to make a flight about a half an hour quicker than he usually does. He says like he got about a hundred miles in three seconds because of this tunnel he ended up flying through. Now he was successful, he got lucky, he came out on the other side, but that missing Douglas, people suspect, may have actually gotten through this portal and ended up in another place in space-time or in another dimension. Hard to believe that video is almost two years old, <laughs> but but it is. You see the like totally different background and uh, all the old Hunter Road Media stuff there. Uh, I still have it. It's just kind of back there a little bit. But um, yeah, so that's kind of the idea of it's the same concept, but you know here on Earth the, with the with the Bermuda Triangle and, and Bruce Gernon getting caught in in that uh, electric fog that he talked about and basically forming up into a tunnel where all of a sudden in a very, very quick period of time, he was suddenly uh, flying his airplane near Miami. And we also speculate uh, these similar type of concepts there uh, in the in the Alaska Triangle, other places on Earth, other triangle areas like the Dragon Triangle or Bridgewater. Uh, even uh, when we talk about our uh, you know paranormal activity going on at uh, different locations, you know, a lot of these locations have portal activity going on, uh, UFO and ET activity. We talk about these different portals. And so basically on a bigger, grander scale, uh, we refer to, to that same concept uh, as a Stargate. So um, so, so Mike, I've, I've used the full over of point A to point B to get to a friend of and myself from Detroit back to Columbus in two and a half hours instead of four. <laughs> Says Facebook user, but while that video was playing, I did uh, check on the uh, group, and that was Deborah. So there's a little setting in order to get your, your name to come up properly there. Uh, there's a little setting you have to uh, uh, set <laughs> in the group uh, for the because we're using StreamYard to stream, so to, to have that setting properly so we can see your name here on this side. All right, so now last week, because we're, we're bringing this into the ancient world and how they viewed these things and how they depicted it and their interactions with it, how they incorporate it into their, their buildings, uh, their structures, and also their, their culture. We talked about the swirl patterns in different locations around the earth. We uh, viewed that from Egypt last week because that was we did three solid weeks of Egypt so we're going to kind of go back and forth a little bit with some things with Egypt here but also other cultures so let me show you some of these uh, swirl patterns here and we're going to start and, and you saw it there in the video uh, with Chaco Canyon the the petroglyphs that that are there you see these swirl patterns and the story here that they're telling with their petroglyphs in Chaco Canyon are about the star people, the people that have come from the the heavens, that have come from the stars down here to Earth, and the the structures that they built out there in Chaco Canyon. These are uh, the ancient Pueblan culture. So the Hopi believe that they are uh, descended from them, that these people are their ancestors. We really don't know, but uh, we just we just call them ancient Pueblans for now. And so 
these were their drawings using those circular patterns, but you see it in their structures out there as well. So this is Pueblo Benito. I was out there uh, almost two years ago now. It would be uh, two years in November. This is not my photo. I was not allowed to put a drone up in the air. I did ask if I could. I had to get special permission to do that. But um, but you see the different circular, uh, what they call kivas there, all throughout this structure. And Pueblo Bonito itself is a, you know, is a is a half circle. So inside these kivas, you, you basically have these uh, ceremonial chambers, and we just speculate as to what went on in these things. We really don't know. Uh, you know, there there are no records as to the ceremonies that they performed, what they actually did here. Uh, this is one because of its size. They call it a great kiva. Uh, the the insets there into the wall there are a couple different theories as to what they were maybe they held idols uh you know some people believe that they are uh you know part of the actual structure itself that there was a roof that was on top there and those those insets helped to support a roof uh some people believe it was a, a wooden structure over the top other believes it was almost like a biodome sort of thing we really don't know so what's interesting to me though uh you know you look at all the kivas look at a little bit different so this is a great kiva you see a lot of structure here within it but then this is a smaller one and i've, I've kind of joked around before as you know this is like a ancient hot tub but all joking aside it does look like it may have been used for uh, some sort of water ritual. Maybe it was uh, a purification ritual. Maybe it was, uh, you know, some sort of ritual bath. Uh, because of the way that it's it's constructed, you know, there's this uh, very well constructed slot down at the bottom that you know if there was some sort of water runoff that would make sense to me you see these like half pillars there where this is why i call it a you know the ancient hot tub is because it looks like this is you know a place where people could sit uh in in in, in a hot tub or uh, or some sort of bath so uh, again that's that's pure speculation on my part we truly don't know what happened there uh, but that very well could be. We, we don't know. But the whole point is you see all of these different circles uh, that are represented here. So this was a very, very important symbol to them. And you see this all over the world. Uh, I've mentioned Newgrange before. That's out in Ireland. And you see that same swirl here. So, you know, there's Chaco Canyon. Here's Newgrange. The ones in Newgrange look a little crisper than the ones out in Chaco Canyon. Uh, but, you know, all of these, you know, all these cultures, we talk about the connected universe, they were all connected. Uh, they, you know, over the millennia, uh, they had different connections to each other. There's an article I was just reading today about, uh, and I even posted uh the, the article on my Facebook today about connections between uh, Egypt and Ireland. And people don't ever think of that, but apparently there are some connections between Egypt and Ireland. And, you know, here's that uh, swirl pattern there, but, and that's outside Newgrange. This is inside, and you still see that same swirl pattern on the wall there. Uh, again, uh, many people believe that this represents, you know, some sort of, of portal activity. Uh, those out in Chaco Canyon there, you know, believe that they they're related to the star people. Newgrange, 
we, uh, you know, that's the jury's kind of out on that. Now, people that I'm connected to, of course, believe that this is related to uh, portal activity uh, or some sort of Stargate mainstream. They're kind of hands off on it. Um, you know, they the best that they will put out there is like maybe it represents water. And again, you know, water could have been part of this whole thing, you know, showing, you know, that Kiva again there back at Chaco Canyon, you know, maybe as part of a, of a ritual. Uh, but many people talk about uh, the portals. So I see a lot of comments coming in. Let me see. Uh, so, uh, Dina, could they be keyholes and perhaps those large blocks akin to what you have or akin to what you saw fallen over near what may have been a Stargate in Egypt are actually keys. Now that's kind of interesting. Are they actually keys? It, it's hard to say. Now, when it comes to ancient Egypt, um, a lot of the uh, depictions that we see on the walls where you know we see like levitations of temples, we see the representation of Stargates on the walls, uh, you, you see... And many times they're holding different devices, uh, some different rods where they're performing these different rituals or making these different things happen. The problem is that we have not been able to find those rods and devices. They seem to have been lost to time. Some people speculate that they're in the, uh, in the hands right now of uh, private collectors or the, the very wealthy who are trying to gain that power uh, that are trying to gain things like immortality and things like that or may even you know be related to the the Anunnaki uh, so we we don't know where those devices are but the idea of a key is very very interesting so kind of thinking outside the box there which is which is great but back to Newgrange for real quick um, this is a location that you know has astronomical alignments and all these locations here have those different astronomical alignments uh, Pueblo Benito is absolutely one on Chaco Canyon Newgrange is definitely one uh, the winter solstice there there's an alignment there uh, through that passageway all the way into uh, the the back of the structure that lines up perfectly on the winter solstice in fact what they do out there in Ireland right now is for the winter solstice, they hold a lottery to be able to get in there and be a part of uh, of seeing that that sun come in there. It's just for you know a couple minutes where you see it come in and hit that back wall. Uh, but that is something that the the ancients were very attuned to. Were all these different astronomical alignments. So it's absolutely fascinating. Uh, another place where we see this. This idea of, of the swirls in the Stargates uh, is in Sardinia. So this is an island off the coast of Italy. So looking at the map here, you know, the boot of Italy is kicking uh, Sicily, but from like the middle of that boot, uh, you go due west, you have Corsica and then Sardinia uh, just south of that. And so there are some very, very interesting things on this island that actually do relate to Atlantis. We'll kind of briefly touch that. But uh, these structures here, again, you see the, uh, the circular motif in these structures. And recall with Atlantis, we, we covered that a bit last week. 
you had the concentric circles of of Atlantis. Uh, you're seeing the the circles and the swirl patterns of the different representations of portals and stargates, and you're seeing it in their structures as well. So again, this was very very important to them. Uh, and so these ancient structures that they have there, and some people believe um, that these people that created these structures on Sardinia were survivors from Atlantis. That you know they were the handful that were left, and you know we have the same type of uh, stories there in in Egypt, where survivors from Atlantis came and settled and found a new home. And so, uh, like with Sardinia. With this, they uh, they utilize some of that old structure that they had in Atlantis to create these. Now with uh, Egypt, a little bit of a of a different idea with the structures there, in that there are already structures there out in Egypt that they just repurposed. You know, they they traveled there and the structures are already there, like the pyramids and some of the much older and ancient temples. Although there are some that believe that uh, that that like Heliopolis was a city of Atlantis. So there, there are conflicting theories. But staying in Sardinia for now, um, this is a depiction. This is in a tomb in Sardinia uh, with the red spirals. Uh, this is the uh, Tomba della Scacciaria. I don't speak Italian, so I probably really butchered that. Uh, but you see the depictions of the circles and the swirls on the walls, the same concept again uh, with the circles and the swirls so there's tom <laughs> good to see you tom down there these remind me of the wizard of oz and the tornado transport dorothy used to get there um yeah that's kind of funny so yeah if they're if they're using that for travel could it be you know and that's and that's not you know that's not a terrible idea there tom because if they're using some sort of um, even if it's if it's magnetic energy, what would that feel like to a person? You know, does it feel like you're getting spun around? Is that why they uh, represented it like that, or um, do they actually get a chance to see that that energy spin within the stargate? Is that why they're using the circles and the swirls to represent that? It's a uh, that that's actually a uh, a good question. And then uh, Sarah had a question here. Uh, maybe the swirls represent a form of ether. And that could very well be as well. Uh, and kind of almost like what we were just talking about there, you know, is is the energy, you know, from the stargates, uh, from the portals, is 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 that the ether? Uh, is that uh, you know, just the, you know, whatever matter happens to be there at that point? Is it, you know, space-time that you're you're seeing getting twisted and contorted uh, with the energy from from the Stargate of the Portal? Uh, is that why, you know, with uh, with Bruce Gurnan and the Bermuda Triangle, is that why all of a sudden the clouds turned into uh, this this funnel, this tunnel that he was looking through? Uh, you know, could very well be. And yeah, with the uh, that same idea with uh, Wizard of Oz, there's Dina. Wasn't the Yellow Brick Road a spiral as well? At the very beginning of it. The very beginning, she had to, to walk around the spiral before it led her off uh, through the woods. So uh, good call. And that's and you always have to look um, at some of our uh, at some of our pop culture and especially like some of the older 
uh, you know, films or books or, or what have you, because they were a lot more keen to include some hidden symbolism within there. They couldn't just be blatant with it, but they were they would hide some things in there that uh, you know the the average observer would never catch on, but those in the know would be like, oh, you know, that represents you know this particular thing. So you know that's interesting because. Like Tom said, she had just gotten there by the tornado, you know, energy. Of course, it's it's earth energy creating the uh, tornado, the weather pattern. Uh, but it brought her to an entirely new realm, a whole new dimension, really, through that tornado, through that swirl to bring her there. And the path that she takes to fulfill her destiny there in that dimension, she starts off in a swirl. You guys are good. You guys are good. I like it. <laughs> All right, so so that's Sardinia, um, and like I said last week, we see this on the the pottery in Egypt, and in a lot of it, this is the same photo that I used last week. Um, I have other photos of other pieces. And there was the one on the on the cosmic egg, and uh, this is from the Nubian Museum, and I have others uh, photos from the. Uh, from the Cairo Museum, but just again uh, to, to illustrate here that all these different cultures all over the world are using this same uh, motif, this same concept to represent the same thing. All right, so you know that's kind of the you know fundamentals uh, of stargates. So now let's actually look at some that may actually be ancient stargates in our world. So we're going to start with Amaru Muru in Peru. So this is like the, I mean, the thing looks like a Stargate, right? <laughs> uh, this is, it's pre-Inca. A lot of people would say it's pre-cataclysmic. Of course, you know, it's made out of rock, so we have no idea really how old it is. Uh, if you go by local legends. Now, this is near Lake Titicaca. Um, and this is known as the Gate of the Gods. Uh, local legends, you know, really... They talk about seeing tall men accompanied by glowing balls of light walking through what quite obviously looks like a a doorway. Now, we can actually take that even further than just that. You know, when did this thing get get created? Who actually created this? Well, you have these ideas of Mu or Lemuria, which is basically the uh, uh, the Atlantis of the Pacific Ocean. And just uh, real quick here, here's kind of a close-up of that door. And you can see the little, uh, you know, that little circle in the middle. No, I, nobody has any idea what that circle's for. I mean, there's all kinds of different ideas and speculations of what that dot in the middle is. Uh, but it's basically been hollowed out a little bit. You know, was there some sort of device that was placed there? We don't know. But... Mu or Lemuria, uh, this was basically the Atlantis of the of the Pacific, and you see in this particular illustration, uh, which may have been uh, drawn by James Churchwood, which uh, was was a researcher in this area. Uh, you know, he he depicted a very large area for what would have been these old continents. Uh, now, my my personal take is you know, they weren't necessarily this big. I mean, if you if you understand how big the Atlantic Ocean is, I mean, that depiction there would have this thing be like one of the largest continents in the world. Um, now, I do believe 
that you know there were certainly other land masses and land forms out there just with the way that the sea levels have risen over you know the past several thousand years following the the last ice age you know that that water's melted uh during the last ice age a lot more land was exposed people were able to to live on there uh, and so there's there are many many things uh, lost under our oceans and under our waters that uh, could really give us a glimpse into the ancient world. And you hear these stories, you know, from cultures from all over the world, uh, you know, talk about you know, the great flood and these different cataclysms that happened, that there, uh, as as they settled into new lands, that their people originally came from somewhere else, that they traveled from a another location and, you know, settled out into, into these other areas. Uh, and, and you hear that story everywhere you know there are uh you know native american uh, cultures that talk about this that you know would have come from probably what would have been lou or or lemuria so again i don't think it was was that big you know he his illustration here kind of uh encompassed most of the pacific ocean uh which is just massive but in any case um all that said the people from there would have settled into uh, South America during one of those cataclysms. Now there are stories about a uh, you know a solar disk that was brought over that these uh, you know high priests came and established uh, these new settlements in uh, in Peru and Bolivia, the whole Lake Titicaca area, uh, and so uh, then they would have built you know something like this to be able to. Uh, to have that access to the story. So you get a lot of people from, you know, ancient aliens talking about, uh, you know, was this used for the extraterrestrials and, and things like that. And I had a photo here of Lake Titicaca uh, that I forgot to upload. So let me bring that up here real quick. It's a beautiful area. Uh, so the, yeah, there it is. There's Lake Titicaca. So basically they settled in this area, uh, which has changed dramatically over the years. Um, there's a lot of ideas that this lake water here, because of the elevation that it's at, you're talking, um, what is this, like 12,000 feet above sea level? It's like insane. You don't usually get uh, water up that high, but there it is. And so there's also, you know, the question, okay, was this, did this water flood in here during the Great Flood? Um, that's a legit question. But the, the powerful solar disk is supposed to be lost under the waters. Uh, but you have multiple locations there that could be Stargate. So there's the uh, Aramu Muru, uh, the uh, Gate of the Gods there. There's also the Gate of the Sun. Now, this is on the Bolivia side. Uh, Lake Titicaca basically um, is, is cut in half. Uh, half of it's in Peru. Half of it's in uh, Bolivia. The Gate of the Sun is on the Bolivia side, and this is one where you know some people speculate that it was the other side of the lake, uh, their their Stargate that they created. Some people think that the depictions on here are uh, are a calendar, but if that's true, it's only like a 290-day calendar, which doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, and then the sun god in the middle, of course, you know, the question, was he an E.T. or, or something like that? Um, all right, so, Dina, the, uh, the funny water stain kind of looks like a shadow person. Let me bring that back up. Does that actually look like a shadow person? Let me take a look. 
Um, oh, yeah, in some ways, in some ways. But, yeah, it's, it's most likely just uh, some sort of water stain. Yeah, or, you know, let's, let's also um, think of this. Now, if there were glowing people walking through here, um, would they not have irradiated this stone somehow? You know, is that perhaps the, you know, the impression that the energy, their energy made walking through there? Is that why it kind of resembles almost like a, a human shape? Because, yeah, you can kind of see a head there and a bit of a body. Uh, you know, it's, I don't know. That's, uh, that's an interesting observation. Kind of looks like a shadow person, but that could be. Uh, you know, I'm going to just throw this out there real quick. Let me bring the comment down. Um, when people, and this is a highly controversial topic, Shroud of Turin, uh, there are people that believe if if that was legit, and I'm not sitting here, I'm not going to sit here and say whether it was legit or not because there was, there's was been testing that was done on the thing that, you know, stated that it was a a very elaborate uh, painting that it just, it dates several hundred years ago, but then there are other tests that came along and said, no, it's older. So there's all these, even the testing that's been done on it is conflicting. So I'm not, I'm not reporting on that. Um, but there is a concept out there, if it was real, that the impression that is on there of a person is because of the radiation that would have been projected through it. Like, let's say there was a body that was under there and really turned into a light being and ascended into another dimension. Would that impression of the person that would have been within there, would the radiation from that have left that imprint onto the shroud? Well, with this here, Using that same concept, again, I'm not saying the shroud is real or not, but using that same concept, could that possibly be what has happened here as well? So you make a good point. <laughs> so we, we have a lot of good uh, points and uh, uh, questions coming out here, so that's great. Um, Jennifer LeBay, stone tape theory. So stone tape, um, what would be interesting with that, because uh, that's the, the concept of the uh, basically the memory. Uh, getting trapped into the stone that some sort of very energetic event has happened and has uh, the energy of that has become embedded in the stone or metal or whatever's around and we don't know what the catalyst is but sometimes it kicks off and plays back a certain event so uh, with stone tape theory it's a good question if people have seen these light beams come through there is that just the playback of an event that happened a long time ago? I suppose that could be true. Again, we don't know what the catalyst is. Um, these people are said to be glowing. Um, and so tall men accompanied by glowing balls of lights walking through the doorway. Even if it is a playback of something that happened, it means it did happen at some point. That in itself is very interesting. So... Um, all right, so we got about 15 minutes left in the show. There's some other things that I want to get to, but keep asking the questions and making the points, uh, and, and we'll toss some up here uh, as as we go along. Um, all right, so another one, Stonehenge. Uh, Stonehenge has been speculated to be all kinds of different things, a ceremonial site, a site of healing, a, uh, a calendar. We know it's astronomically aligned, uh, and there's also the idea that it could be some sort of stargate. 
Now, there is an event that happened back in 1971 with a bunch of kids who went camping at Stonehenge. Of course, you can't camp at Stonehenge anymore. <laughs> you know, it's a uh, World Heritage Site. You can't do it. But back in 1971, you could. And so there was a group of, uh, uh, I guess, young adults that were camping out there overnight. Uh, they were drinking a little bit, having the time of their lives in this old ancient site. Uh, but there were witnesses to this event because uh, there was some interesting, I guess, weather, you could say, that was happening at the time. The, there was reported some lightning in the area. There were some different lights in the sky. And then all of a sudden, and this was witnessed by a police officer, and this was in his report, was that there was suddenly a blue light within Stonehenge, and the kids disappeared. So what happened? You know, if there was an electrical storm coming through at the time, did it somehow charge that area in just the right way to power up an old Stargate that may have been there? Uh, you know, the, the kids disappeared, so what did they disappear into? Was it, was it some sort of portal or Stargate that they just suddenly got sucked up into? Of course, the big question is where did they go after that? We have no idea. Um, but it is an interesting story. They call them the hippies, the Stone the Stonehenge hippies. Uh, and again, it happened in, in 1971. There were some other witnesses there too, but uh, to, to me, the most important one is is the police officer that witnessed this. And uh, yeah, and then a blue light, which is interesting because you have all of those blue uh, blue stones that are there uh, at Stonehenge as well. So you know, it causes the question to you know. Do the stones have an influence on the type of light, or is that just the color of the energy, you know, that was generated there? Uh, we don't know. So, all right, uh, some other, uh, yeah, and uh, you know, those those poor parents, yeah, definitely, uh, heartbreaking for those parents. All those found uh, were, were their backpacks, and they had some journal entries uh, that were left because they were had been there for, uh, I guess, a good part of the day, and some of them had taken to to writing some notes of, hey, we're hanging out here, and and all of that. So. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, very incredible story. Very incredible story. Just, uh, but but sad that the you know those kids are gone. We don't know what happened to them. Um, all right. Um, and the question: Does the rock have some sort of iridescence? Um, you know, I don't know that. I don't know if the blue rock at um, Stonehenge has some sort of iridescence. I'd have to look that one up. I know they're blue. Then that's one of the big mysteries of. Uh, you know, of Stonehenge is because they had gotten those blue rocks from, uh, you know, you know, hundreds of miles away, you know, and they would have dragged them up there because uh, there are no rocks like that in the area. Uh, but it was out in Wales, I believe, is where they would have gotten those rocks from. So, all right. So back again to the question of was Atlantis a giant portal? Uh, that's the... the the video I threw out there uh, a couple years ago, uh, I asked that question of of Johnny Enoch the first time that we had him on uh, Edge of the Rabbit Hole, and he did kind of answer that question. But it does have to do with Stargates, so uh, we do get into a little bit of that discussion here. So let's go ahead and uh, and and. Put that up here. Now I threw out the question at the beginning, was the lost civilization of Atlantis a giant portal? 
And I asked this question, just kind of doing my research lately and postulating these different ideas about portals and vortices and the Earth's energy and looking at ancient symbols. So you look around the different ancient cultures and a lot of them use the different swirl symbol. And I saw one of these out at Chaco Canyon this past November, but a lot of these ancient cultures have used this type of a symbol, the swirls or the concentric circles, to possibly signify portals or some people say stargates. Now, the legends of Atlantis as handed down to us from Plato and he got a lot of his source material back from Egypt. But the way Atlantis was mapped out from what we've been given were in these different concentric circles. So it makes me wonder if perhaps, now we know that the ancients knew about this type of energy. They were taking these giant stones, granite blocks that are you know, more than half quartz. Quartz is something that can access this energy. Perhaps Atlantis being built the way it was with these giant blocks with, like the ancients were using, Perhaps it was accessing this on a massive scale, all of this energy tapping straight down into it. And of course, I had to run my crazy idea by somebody else too. So recently here on the Edge of the Rabbit Hole live stream show on the Edge of the Rabbit Hole channel, we had on the amazing Johnny Enoch. He's a researcher of esoterica, lost civilizations, consciousness, folklore, all different kinds of fantastic information. And one of my co-stars on the Travel Channel show, The Alaska Triangle knowledgeable, knowledgeable guy. And so I asked him this very question, and here was his response. You know, hypothetical question here. Do you think it could be possible that perhaps Atlantis was a giant portal? I believe that, uh, well, first of all, that's a very good question, and thank you for asking it. I think that Atlantis has been hypothesized to be a lot of things. Now, we find an exact replica of this particular story that's on the wall uh, over at the Edfu Temple of Egypt. And what's really interesting about this, if you look at this seafaring people that are all on the wall, we see right above them that there's a serpent coming down from the heavens and destroying them, the replica of the story. Now, if the serpent represents energy, could it be that they were experimenting with a sort of geomagnetic energy using these fields and these grids we were talking about? and they were experimenting with these obelisks. Do I believe they had portals? Do I believe this was part of what we call Atlantis? Absolutely they did. In fact, we have it in plain sight, my friend. It says in these areas that these are stargates. So, yeah, there we go. So we hit on stargates, but there was a, a comment here, and we're going to look at that at Edfu here in just a moment, what he was talking about. Uh, this was from Deborah. It still, it says, still says Facebook user here, but uh, the stones, the blue ones at uh, Stonehenge, the stones are per se blue stone that have high amounts of, of electromagnetism. Thank you for, for clearing that up, Deborah. Um, all right, so yeah, so Johnny was talking about Edfu, and we did touch on that last week. I understand that, uh, but we're going to touch a couple things here real quick. This is the, uh, the text that he was referring to uh, on the wall. Uh, some of it you don't really see the uh, where he was talking about the the serpent. Uh, you don't really see that here. But this is the the travel story of of Atlantis. And the entire story isn't here. It's just a part of it. Uh, we don't have a complete story of Atlantis anywhere. And we talked about that last week. But uh, what's interesting 
is you do see these different depictions of stargates in Egypt. Of course, we have to go to Egypt because they talked about stargates a lot there. Uh, this is at Abydos where you see the gate and then the uh, the star following it. So stargate. Um, and, and you would actually read that in this case from uh, from right to left. And you can tell because of the figure on the uh, on the left hand side and well and even the foot uh, because they're pointing toward the right side so that's telling you you read this from the right uh, to the left uh, this is at at Edfu a, a different depiction of it where you see the uh, the gate with the star above it and then at Hatshepsut's temple uh, in in the back you see a lot of different depictions at Hatshepsut's temple uh, but in the back, this is the cartouche with all the stars in it. And I have another quick clip. Uh, this is actually of Mohammed Ibrahim uh, talking about the, uh, uh, the Stargate depictions on the walls. In this temple, we are going to see different type or different style of the word Stargate again, like this one. Okay to make sure you understand that this is a stargate like uh, what else and this one so sometimes it is above the star above the gate so stand next to the gate okay so uh, again, a number of different depictions of stargates there, and they're all over. That was at Edfu. They're all over Edfu as well. And last week we did mention Hatshepsut's temple. Uh, that basically that stargate is straight all the way back up those stairs, all the way back into the Holy of Holies. And there, off to the left, uh, was a pyramid. It's no longer there except for the very base of it that could have been what was powering the stargate to begin with, uh, which is extremely, extremely interesting. Also have one more clip. I'm going to check your comments here real real back, uh, real quick. <laughs> um, oh, what's this? Uh, Nicole, fun fact. Uh, Mike Ricksecker is the only expert from Travel Channel's The Oscar Tronga that offers premium online classes. Yeah. <laughs> and we're doing that right now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, uh, so thank you for that. And also, do you know someone who would love to dive into the mysteries of the universe with us? Invite them to be a member by sharing this link with them. And that's uh, connecteduniverseportal.com. So uh, thank you, Nicole, for doing that. And those listening to the podcast later, please uh, go ahead and, and do that. And uh, Dina, yeah, so this is something that uh, she says amazing. I never thought of Atlantis being a Stargate or Portal before. I watched your video today. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, that's something that really... That the concept has really fascinated me. That uh, and and people who do Atlantis research, uh, you know, do talk about them you know, using that kind of technology, about being able to use portals and and things like that. But um, for me, the idea that maybe they got to the point where they were they were misusing it, and you know, something something happened with with that Stargate because um, you know, well, some of the, some of the old stories when you look at plato's stories that you know, you know zeus became enraged and he was going to you know send his armies there to basically destroy atlantis and then all of a sudden the story cuts off um plato didn't finish and we talked about that last week so okay 
it, it's about to be destroyed. You know, if we're talking like from Zeus. Now, Plato's writing it from a Greek perspective, so anything from, um, you know, from the heavens, from uh, the the Greek gods, you know, that would be coming down from on high onto uh, onto Atlantis. So, um, so they would use Zeus in that depiction. Um, is that something from the heavens, exterior to Atlantis, that came down and destroyed it? Was that something that they were accessing on a regular basis? You know, some other, uh, you know, and even if it was, you know, ETs through something like a Stargate or whatever that, you know, annihilated them. It's an interesting idea, an interesting concept. So uh, something that certainly, to me, warrants more investigation. And actually, when we, as we get further into the Atlantis story, this is this is going to be coming up here, I'll say over the next uh, year or two, uh, connections between Atlantis and Antarctica. In fact, in my Alaska Triangle book that's coming out, um, I start proposing uh, that sort of connection. Um, Sarah, that seems to allude that the portal was up in the air. I mean, not necessarily. Um, you know, they would be... Uh, I think they understood that this was taking them off their current planet. I think they understood that. Um, you know, could it have been hovering in the air or something like that? I mean, maybe we don't really know. I mean, a lot of the the stargates that we're seeing depicted, like in in Egypt and what have you, um, or uh, the one there in Peru and Bolivia. I mean, they seem to be doorways that you're actually walking through. Um, so. It could very well just be that, but they knew that it was taking them elsewhere off planet. Uh, the, what they're talking about at Egypt's Area 51, where it's on the ground, but it's like an aurora borealis coming up from the ground, that's really fascinating to me uh, because you're, you're talking about that sort of electromagnetism um, and the, the effect of that is having an aurora borealis-like effect right there on the ground. So... Um, and portals can be grounded and airborne too. Well, you know, there's like the one that Bruce Gurnan uh, down the Bermuda Triangle or even, you know, we talked about the Alaska Triangle. They can form in the air. Uh, but I'm think- I I believe if it was something with Atlantis uh, that had to do with a portal or a stargate, that it would have been there, uh, right there in the city. And you know, probably right there at, at their temple, which is supposed to be right in the dead center of the city. You see that in the... Uh, I'll show the the photo here. I mean, that's kind of what's depicted here uh, in this illustration where you have the temple in the middle of the city and you have all the concentric circles um, and then basically this beam of light that's going up into the sky. So would that have been the the portal or the stargate? Uh, Could have very well been. So I had another clip from Johnny, but... um, we we played the clip a couple of weeks ago where he's talking about a uh, uh, a possible Stargate there at Elephantine Island. But you guys can always go back and and watch that. Uh, have it on the Connected Universe portals here in the uh, our secret Connected Universe group. Uh, so you have multiple places for the that the members can can go watch that. So uh, for for those just listening to the podcast, the podcast is from a couple of weeks ago. So when we talked about temples. Uh, so that is, let me see if you guys have any other uh, questions down here real quick. I uh, did want to mention uh, for you guys that starting next week, 
uh, the schedule's going to be changing here for a little while. I have my own <laughs> class that I'm going to be starting to go to next Wednesday or on Wednesdays for the next couple of months. Um, and it's it starts at the exact same time that we do this. It starts at 8. It goes for an hour and a half. Um, and so we're moving uh, the Connecting the Universe Interactive class to Thursdays, same time, 8 o'clock, for the next couple of months. There will be a couple of exceptions because I have things like events <laughs> that I need to uh, that I need to go to uh, within there. So on on those particular weeks, we might have to reschedule for a Monday or a Friday or, or something like that. I will let you know. And somewhere in there, Andrea Perrin's having me on her show, which is also a Thursday night. So I will let you know on those. But I would say 75% of uh, of the class or of the classes for the next two months uh, will be on Thursdays, and then I'll let you know uh, from there. All right. So again, thank you everybody for joining this evening. Those listening to the podcast uh, later on this week or the syndicated broadcast on KGRA Radio. If you'd like to join us for the entire presentation. Uh, to get all the photos and watch the videos and all of those wonderful things to be able to interact and ask your questions like everybody else was doing this evening. Uh, please join us at ConnectedUniversePortal.com. We would love to have you out here. 30-day free trial, and then you get access to not only this, but also access to, well, there's the Egypt Travel Blog. We have the monthly Q&As, which, by the way, guys, get your questions in uh, because, you know, the month is ending here in a couple days, so uh, basically by tomorrow evening, I need those questions because Friday I'm going to be recording and posting that Q and A video. So you can, uh, you know, post that. You can post it in the Facebook group. You can also post it on the Connected Universe Portal uh, member site in the community area. Uh, and we're, our subject is Egypt, since that's been our subject, uh, you know, pretty much all this month. I know we did that for June, but any other questions you might have about. Uh, you know about ancient Egypt, the the culture, the temples, the pyramids, stargates. Throw them in there, and that monthly Q and A video will be coming out here. Uh, should be on Friday, so uh, get those things in, and uh, and so many other things uh, you guys have access to there at the Connected Universe Portal. All right, everybody, have a great night. We'll see you next week, which will be Thursday next week. Till next time.